1: The Bible teaches that the leader's responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So the work of the church is done by God's people, not just the leaders of the church.
0: Boy, it certainly is not a corporate setting when it comes to our life in Christ and what the church really looks like. And that is what we're learning here today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. We welcome you to the program today and would invite you to join us as we take a look at the spiritual gifts and how we are to minister through those spiritual gifts to one another. And that is how the church really is working. That's how the body of Christ runs. With more, here's Pastor Layton. Today's program study verse by verse.
1: This is part three of a sermon series on the body of Christ. It's part of our overall Back to Basics theme. This part, part three, is entitled Ministering Through Spiritual Gifts. When we met previously, we were reminded the Bible teaches us that Christ is also the head of the Church, which is His body, and that we as believers are an important part of the Church, the body of Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians twelve twenty seven says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're a part of the body of Christ, and it is important that every part of the body of Christ is, is uh, healthy and doing his or her part with all of the strength and all of the vitality that God provides, or else the body of Christ is crippled. And as an illustration of a crippled body, I referenced my recent motorcycle accident with the limitations that were put upon me due to parts of my body not being able to contribute to the goals of my head. Um, In order for us to contribute to the body of Christ, we as individuals need to be well and healthy. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I believe that God has gifted me in such and such an area, and I would like to minister when, in fact, they were so severely spiritually dysfunctional that they were in no condition to be able to minister to others. They needed to be ministered to. In order for us to really be able to contribute our part in in the body of Christ, we as individuals need to be healthy. And when we are healthy, then the body of Christ is healthy. Now, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. So we're called to continue Jesus' ministry here on earth. And that brought up a couple of questions, brought up the question, how did Jesus accomplish his ministry, and then the question, what was Jesus' ministry? To the question, how did Jesus accomplish his ministry, we found that the scriptures clearly record for us, and it's particularly enumerated in the Gospel of Luke, that Jesus accomplished his ministry by the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, someone could suggest that since Jesus was God, and God is all-powerful, then Jesus could have done his ministry in his own power. And while theoretically it is possible We are not uh, God, and we don't have the power of God as his disciples, and if Jesus had performed his ministry in his own power, then we could not have continued his ministry because we don't have his power. But Jesus did his ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then he sent the Holy Spirit to empower his church, the body, that we might be able to continue Jesus' ministry in the same power with which he ministered. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 records the last words of Jesus before he ascended back to heaven. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Perhaps the most obvious evidence to prove that Jesus really does live again is that his ministry continues to thrive today with the same power, with which he ministered when he walked this earth. And I'd like to report to you that around the world, lives are still being transformed, sinners are still being saved, the sick are still being healed, and the dead are still being brought back to life, all in the name of Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The ministry of Jesus Christ is alive and well because Jesus Christ is alive and well. And the church has been called to continue his ministry under the power of the Holy Spirit, which was the power with which Christ ministered. Then it brought up the question, well, what was Jesus' ministry? That ministry is recorded uh, for us throughout the New Testament and particularly in the Gospels. Uh, Matthew tried to encapsulate part of Jesus' ministry when he wrote, uh, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. He healed every kind of disease and illness. So in the guidance and in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus went teaching and preaching and healing. And as the body of Christ, we're called to do what Jesus did. And that's why the spiritual gifts of teaching and preaching and healing are listed among the spiritual gifts. When the church is exercising the gifts of the Spirit, it is doing the ministry of Christ. The gifts of the Spirit are for ministry to each other and to this unsaved world. For example, we looked at the uh, example of Jesus feeding the 5,000. There we see uh, many of the gifts of the Spirit Uh, active in the life of Jesus. He had the gift of mercy. He saw the needs of these people. He was concerned about them because they had uh, been without food for such a long time. He was afraid that they might faint on their way home. Uh, He had the gift of helps. He decided he was going to do something about it. He had the gift of teaching. He made it a teaching exercise for his disciples. He had the gift of faith and miracles when he turned that small Uh, lunch into uh, food for 5,000. He had the gift of administration when he broke the groups, uh, the the congregation, if you will, into groups so that no one would be left out. So we see uh, there an example of the spiritual gifts being active in the life and ministry of Jesus. Now, when we study the spiritual gifts, we usually look at four passages. Uh, First passage we're going to look at today is Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and following. It reads, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now, when we use the term gifted in the non-church world, it is usually bestowed upon someone who has uh, exceptional talent in a given area For instance, it's not that others can't paint, many can paint quite well, but there's a few who are really gifted painters. They paint exceptionally well. Well, in the spiritual realm, it's not that only certain Christians serve. It's just that some serve exceptionally well. They have the gift of service. And it's not that only certain Christians are encouraging. It's rather that some encourage exceptionally well. They have a gift of encouragement. And it's not that cer- that just certain Christians give. All Christians are called to give of their time and their talent and their treasure. It's just that some give exceptionally well, above the 10% tie. They look for ways of investing in the kingdom of God. Now, just because there are some who are exceptionally gifted doesn't mean that the rest of the Christians are, uh, let's say, off the hook when it comes to applying spiritual gifting. For instance... Men, if someone offends you, as a Christian, you don't have the right to say, you know that gift of mercy? I don't have it. Let's step outside. <laughs> right? Because all, <laughs> all Christians are called to turn the other cheek. We're all called to exercise mercy. Uh, in some cases, it's appropriate to remind the offending party that you only have two cheeks. And in so doing, you might uh, be showing them mercy. So all Christians are called to encourage each other, whether they have the gift or not. If someone comes up to you and says, I just lost my job, it's probably not appropriate for you to say, you know that uh, gift of encouragement? I don't have it. Tough luck. You know, Uh, all Christians should be encouraging. We should say, you know, let me pray with you, brother, sister. Maybe God's got, he's directing you into something that's better. And and I'm going to be keeping my eyes and my ears open that something uh, that can help you. And if someone uh, comes to you and they say, you know, give me a reason for the hope that is within you. What's this Christianity all about? Uh, You can't say, you know, that gift of evangelism, I don't have it. You need to be able to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Now, uh, we find also these words in Ephesians chapter 4, another passage that tells us about spiritual gifts. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the Church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we've all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, Paul here is talking about the whole body, but he's focusing on uh, four of the uh, spiritual gifts in particular, the leadership gifts uh, and their purpose, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastor-teachers. The original language has a singular article introducing the two words, pastor and teacher, uh, suggesting that that describes the same person. A pastor is continuously teaching, if through no other means except by their example. Now, many of us were raised in church environments where we were taught that the ministry is done by the people in the collars, or in the suits, or with the fancy degrees behind their name. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that the leader's responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So the work of the church is done by God's people, not just the leader's of the church
0: well there are no lone rangers inside of the body of christ in fact it's quite the opposite and even more so when it comes to leadership which more accurately could be termed servantship. this has been study verse by verse with pastor Layton shealy to learn more about study verse by verse and church of the highlands here in san bruno where the program originates we invite you to visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And then come back and join us next time as Pastor Leighton Sheeley continues his series, The Body of Christ, here on Study Verse by Verse.